taken over <laughs> oh hallelujah thank you lord hallelujah wow things feel a lot different today <laughs> Woo, glory thank you father thank you jesus glory 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 that's our story well, congratulations on uh, overturning Roe versus Wade. Hallelujah. That's pretty exciting. I think every believer has prayed about that. 49 years of intercession. Pretty wild. We just thank you, Jesus, for the fresh glory. Just coming like a a wave and a flood upon America right now. Holy. Upon everyone. <laughs> Just thank you for the people who are drinking it and manifesting it so that everyone can breathe it. <sighs> Hosea says, Behold, he comes like the rain. And this rain will go through every brain. <laughs> Let the new wine rain. You gotta change every mind with the outpouring of the glory wine. There is a love that is so intoxicating that it changes a person's mind to favor you while they don't understand you. <laughs> Whew, there is a sovereignty of the favor of the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom, therefore he grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with man. All we need is a greater wisdom. Wisdom is the ability of our spirit this means that even the Messiah's spirit grew in ability. You see it demonstrated in the gospel, Jesus grew. Even the ability of one-year-old Jesus in you is totally miraculous. It is perfect glory, a perfect childhood in the Lord, not a natural childhood, a supernatural childhood, a raising of the divine child in your hearts. 
a coming forth of the kingdom of heaven inside your spirit with the very glory of Christ in you and your mind is progressively being persuaded that it's all good, it's all true. You know, the mind really has to get renewed to the place of living in the glory and adjusting to that level of light. A lot of times the brain has been in darkness, like Isaiah says, darkness on the land and deep darkness on the people. So the brain kind of shrinks back from the new covenant of the brightness of the Lamb of God inside your spirit. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ is already in you. Now all you got to do is realize the glory, which means your brain has to grow towards Christ. A lot of times people's brains grow apart from Christ because they get into externalism. They get into bewitchment. They get into looking for him in the wilderness. Behold the bride, which is our souls, comes out of the wilderness of the outside of the weaker one in the world and returns to the greater one in us. The greater one in you. Christ is in you. All you have to do is get a revelation of the glory. <laughs> Shaba. You know, the wine is a constant drinking of revelation of the glory. Your mind is feeling the things of heaven and it's a little discombobulated. This is so different than the earth. This is so different than earthly Christianity. This is very different than the Baptist church I grew up in or the Catholic church I grew up in. What is this substance? What is this glory? What is this light? What is this fire, this buzzing, this electricity, this joy? It's the glory of God. It is the glory realm. It is the materialization of faith. Faith is the materialization of invisible things hope for. You hope that it will come up and rapture your soul, take over your soul, throw your mind so your spirit can party. We need revelation to baptize our brains into the wine cellar. Here's the verse you can memorize tonight. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4. Suddenly he transported me. Suddenly he raptured me. Suddenly he took me into the house of wine. Therefore, 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 his banner over me is love. What does the Bible call love? Wine. How much love of God is in your life? The exact amount you've drank. Not the amount you think, the amount you drink. Love can only be drunk. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. It's got to bypass the carnal mind. The carnal mind comprehends not the things of the spirit, nor can it, for they are spiritual and must be 
supernaturally discerned by revelation. Revelation is the Holy Ghost directly discipling your spirit. They shall all be taught of the Lord. When you receive a revelation of the glory, the drinking of the wine, the experience of the fire, the experience of the oil, the experience of the cloud by day and the fire by night, it's a direct revelation from the Lord. You're being discipled by God himself, your creator. There is no mediary. The word of God is a direct communication in the spirit of God. All we have to do is open our hearts. All we have to do is believe. What is the work of the believer? What is the work of the new covenant Christian? First John says only to believe in the word. And the word will work out your salvation when you believe it. Now, there's all kinds of levels of words. Not every word you've received is the same. In Acts, you got people going around bringing gospels, and then Paul comes around, and the more mature believers, the apostles from Jerusalem, and they start correcting all these people because they only had a gospel of the baptism of water. <laughs> and Paul said that he taught Apollos more accurately the gospel. So he'd have a gospel of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues and a gospel of the baptism of fire and glory. And that's the promised land after the baptism of the Spirit, the baptism of fire, which is glory. Shekinah, fire, glory. And once you receive that, you go from glory to glory to glory forever. That's the ever-increasing brightness of your spirit. But in order to begin in the fire, it takes a baptism of the Holy Ghost, which makes your brain realize the eternal part of you, your spirit. You know, John 7, 38 says, Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, but of this you spoke of the Holy Ghost. Amplified Classics says, Innermost being. You have to discover your innermost being. Revelation allows the brain to discover the eternal part of you, the indestructible part of you, the divine part of you. And you begin to live out of the treasure house, the house of wine, the wine cellar of your own spirit. The Old Covenant was for types and shadows, now it is for wisdom, Peter says. And the Old Covenant had the menorah in the holy place. Your spirit has the menorah of God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, which is the holy place. So what is holiness? Practicing the Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit are the children of God. So if we're practicing flesh and heart, practicing flesh and brain, we're not Spirit-led. We're inner court heart, outer court brain. We need to be holy place Spirit. We need to be fully God inside-minded. 1 Corinthians 6.19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ezekiel 47, you're understanding the temple of the Holy Spirit as a water temple. And there's lots of plumbing in there. The plumbing of the outer court. Important. No one ever hated their body. Your body is like the cedar and the gold of Solomon's temple. It's like the Jachin and the Boaz of Solomon's temple. It's like the pillars. That's the place of the big 
bronze wash basin. <laughs> and then you go a little bit deeper, you go into the heart. That's where you burn incense. <laughs> That's where you burn your heart. That our hearts not burn within us. As we walked with him along the way, illuminating the scriptures. This is the place of sacrifice. That's why it's called the blood covenant. Takes two to tango. <laughs> so right here in your heart, you got to share your heart with his heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you let me in, we'll fellowship one with another. Which means I'm going to come from your spirit, Christ in your spirit. That's what the Bible says, Colossians 1.27. But oftentimes, we're only in our heart. So Christ is the introduction to our brain of our own spirit. That's why you got to let him in a different door. After you ask him into your heart, you're regenerated in your spirit. Paul calls it translated out of darkness into his glorious light. So you have a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is born again, he is a new creature. The old has completely passed away. Behold, all things are new. The new creature looks exactly like dad. A heavenly mother, brooding mother hen, Holy Spirit, a heavenly father, and you got a big brother. And it's not natural government. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your older brother. And he is God. And he's not ashamed to call you his brothers and sisters because you're born of his spirit. You're born of his living water. Now he's raising you up to do all the same fun stuff that he gets to do with his dad every day. Mostly nursery. <laughs> he's mostly a nursery pastor because of the level of maturity in the earth. Jesus loves doing nursery because he just loves his people. He meets us right where we're at. He doesn't shame us because we're not more mature than we should be. He's not bringing up our past. He's not condemning us. He's not competitive. He's perfect love. All he's doing is enriching your spirit and a greater desire to grow in the deeper things of God every day. There's got to be more. I have the joy of salvation. Now I want the ecstasy and the rapture of salvation. I got the born-again experience, I got the water baptism, I got the Holy Ghost baptism, I got the gifts of the Spirit. Is this all there is? Just using the gifts on the earth? I don't think so. The Bible says we shall ascend. Who can ascend? The mountain of the Lord. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, which means no religion. Who can ascend those that have the Spirit of Grace? The Spirit of Grace is an elevator. The Apostle Paul says, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. And the Spirit of Grace is like rocket fuel <laughs> in your spirit. And what causes you to go higher? Burning up your own soul. As you burn up your soul, the elevation changes on the inside. Let's go over to Philippians chapter 3. Nice. Philippians will make you do flips. <laughs> Cartwheels of joy. Oh, hallelujah. Man, there's a realm in this place. Wow, I can I can see Ophanim of honey. There's honey wheels. The kingdom dimension, the living creatures fluttering around your heads. 
These are angels and beings helping you inherit a greater salvation, a greater glory, getting accustomed to living in a greater fire. I make my ministers, my sons and daughters, flames of fire, which is an ever-increasing burning. The baptism of fire goes outward forever from your spirit. How bright can you shine? That's the only competition in Christ Jesus. So let's see who shines the brightest in grace by knowing him in their spirit, by practicing the same works that he does and greater works because he went to his father. What are the works of Jesus? All fire. The works of Christ are all fire because the priesthood is a priesthood of fire. The altar is fire. The tools are fire. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. The priesthood is it's really the baptism of fire is the beginning of the eternal priesthood of the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is just a fancy word for righteousness and the practicing of the fire of God using the very altar of the father of the new covenant that our high priest and apostle Jesus Christ serves at and you're learning to serve at that same altar. Not on earth, in the heavenlies. Amen? Revelation calls it a gold altar. It's blazing with the fire, not of the natural realm, but of the glory realm. It's glory fire on the altar. And guess what the sacrifice is? Us. <laughs> We're the living sacrifices. The more you're sacrificed, the more you're agape, the more you're crucified with Christ, the greater the glory. Song of Solomon calls the fire the love of God. Put a seal on our heart of love that's stronger than death. Put a seal of fire right over our soul, right over our mind, right over our bodies, a seal of fire. So we want the fire to increase. We want the shadows and the darkness to decrease. The fire is manifest to destroy all the works of the devil, because all the works of the devil our strange fire. Hades is a realm of strange fire. Keys of David, I give you the ability to close doors that no one can open. Open doors that no one can close. Behold, you have these keys of death and Hades. Holy. Revelation 119, which is the ability to shut down the doors of hell, the gates of hell. And I'll tell you what, the gates of hell isn't some mystical thing on the outside. The gates of hell are the five physical senses of our souls. Gates of hell are shutting down the flesh. If you shut down the gates of the soul, the gates of the five senses of seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching, and they're crucified with Christ and they're glorified with Christ, there is no more gates of death and hell. These are the keys that shut down sin and demons from operating in human beings so that the temple is only flooded with glory. <laughs> Rivers flooding out of your senses. The more and more the waters of life flow out of your spirit, through your soul, through your mind, and out your body, the more your senses turn golden, the more you'll smell colors, the more you'll see smells, the more you'll hear colors, 
and they're all just intermingled in the glory because the angelic ability of the spirit is activated in you through the crucifixion of the flesh coming out of the realm of the natural the realm of the dead into the glory realm of what Jesus said what did he say John 17 father I have given them the glory and the religious spirits like you need to give God the glory the exact opposite of what Jesus Christ said because the glory is the light if he didn't we're not walking in the glory we what are we even doing we're in darkness just religion religion is the Antichrist first John says the Antichrist comes in the guise of Christ pretending to be a Christian what is the difference between the Antichrist Christian and the real Christian? Glory. That's it. Glory. One is in the glory, the other one's not. Simple as that. One will just be in the, their own head, in their own doctrine and theology, in the control of the flesh. There's no crucifixion of the carnal mind. You know, the evidence that someone's crucified is what Paul calls, I will destroy the intelligence of the intelligent. You know that verse? That's the one you want to memorize. Because this is what the wide path of destruction is. This is the gates of hell. Golgotha, where was Satan destroyed? The Bible tells you, at the place of the skull. Your head. Satan was defeated at the place of the skull. Golgotha, Calvary. Amen? So the cross has to crucify the mind in order to have a good time. Hallelujah. Amen. Shabbat. Whoa. Glory. <laughs> and it's the Nina Simone 19 tonight. We're feeling good. Birds in the air. It's like the tree of life with all Zion's angels in here tonight. Thank you, Father, for heavenly flight and the glory light. Everything's going to be all right. God's plan supersedes everything Satan's doing. It don't matter what the realm of the natural is doing. What matters is what God's children are doing in their spirit through the fathering of the Holy Spirit towards your spirit. That's the leadership of the world. The nations already eat the scraps off our table. The enemy is a liar. Those that don't know him, they'll just continue lying until we're overfed and overflowing on others. And when we're overfed, revelations of divine love, revelations of the glory in our spirit, our cups overflow in the presence of our enemies, which is the freedom of our souls on the outside to the same measure of freedom of our souls on the inside, which is on earth, outside, as it is in heaven, inside. You got the fullness of the God of heaven on the inside. That's the new covenant. Now you just need it on the outside by the purification of the soul. Sanctification, transformation of the soul makes everything in your spirit materialize around your body, changing the complete quality of your life to the same quality of life, the Zoe life, that God the Father and King Jesus live in the third heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for heaven on earth. 
Now it's just time to know the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Three progressive revelations of God the Father in you as you go in the baptism of fire into deeper realms of the consuming of the Adamic nature. So your flesh already cocoons your spirit, and it's not a bad thing. It's the opportunity to consume the world. Your flesh is the world. This is stardust. This is just the dust of the earth. So this is the world. Your flesh is the world. So you have the opportunity to consume the world with the glory of Christ in your spirit as you consume your own heart. Not looking to consume others. You just consume your own heart. It'll outpour through you automatically without any hypocrisy, effortless evangelism. Every word out of your mouth will be from the overflow of your crucified heart. So evangelism doesn't take any effort. Christianity is effortless. Christianity is an effort-free faith. Jesus is the effort of our experience of the Holy Spirit. There was no effort at Pentecost. There was no effort in the upper room. Just people lounging around, listening to Balearic trance. Think talking about what kind of pita and hummus they're gonna have for dinner. <laughs> Middle Eastern people, so tabbouleh and stuff like that. <laughs> then suddenly the Holy Ghost just whacked them and possessed them and just intensified their joy. Peter was so drunk he had to explain to everybody, we're not drunk on alcohol. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the wine of the Holy Spirit that Joel prophesied about, that I'm going to pour out my spirit in all flesh. But he didn't pour out his spirit in all flesh. He just poured it out on 120 drinkers. Then the 120 poured it out from inside their temple, and that continues to this very moment. The outpouring is the river out of your own spirit. Giving your neighbor a drink, the spirit and the bride say, come and drink. Pentecost continues to materialize God the Father's glory on the inside of you towards others every single day. Greater glory. And it don't even matter what's going on the outside, the more opposition. It's like the crushing of the olives that produces a greater oil. It's like the crushing of the grapes that produces a better wine. I mean, when you're persecuted, it just causes you to press in which is a wine press to know him more on the inside so there's just greater glory on the inside and that pressure on the outside is what produces the glory on the inside to smite your enemies so the enemy the bible says ezekiel 28 his wisdom was forever confused which means that when he sees jesus inside the believers he's going to attack you He'll attack you through unbelief, he'll attack you through religion, he'll attack you through lust and temptation, he'll attack you any way possible. 200 million demons, Revelation 9 says, and they're using sin and darkness and deception and people that are perishing that are whose brain is caught in the flesh. Anyone whose brain is caught in the flesh is like Mr. Smith in the Matrix and stuff can just jump into them at will, just like the Matrix. But those that live in Zion, they can't jump into those ones because they're free from the matrix. They have a revelation of the kingdom of heaven and their whole being is infused with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is your armor of light to keep the demonic out of you. 
Amen. And so when that stuff materializes around you, it just means you're doing damage to the enemy. You're probably going to reap a harvest if you don't grow weary in well-doing. The enemy just wants to frustrate you. He wants to wear you out. He wants you to give up. But we keep going because we don't do anything else with our life. Like That's been destroyed a long time ago. I don't have anything else going on in life except the kingdom of heaven. There's no plan B. We have all of our chips in this one basket. It's a basket of Jesus Christ. It's a fruit basket. It's a fun basket. And so we are basket cases. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's true. We're pretty out there, and we know it. And I want to get further out there still. The Hubble telescope trying to find us in outer space. Oh, there they are. Hallelujah. Creating a new heavens. By the Holy Ghost, the sheep gate to the Father, you get crucified with Christ to be absent from the body is to be present from God. Not through religion, not through the occult. The occult tries to get into the heavens and do stupid crap. That's what sorcery is. Revelation 2, the deep secrets of Satan is just dumb. Just the dumb secrets of Satan. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. It just kills you, you know? I mean, like, it's about as dumb as it gets. I used to be in the occult, so... I was about as dumb as it gets. I got radically transformed out of darkness into light, and he trained me in righteousness in the real priesthood because I was just hungry for God, but religion had blocked the way for the expression of my desire for spiritual things, and so I got into the counterfeit. And now we're getting trained in the true. It's been about 22 years in the glory, and it's going really well. A lot better than dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're happy all the time. We're blessed. We have really good health. Our souls are prospering. Total peace. Total fear-free, worry-free zone. Leading a lot of people into the glory, having constant divine appointments. Getting to talk to people about Jesus every day. Effortless evangelism. I like when the glory possesses people so strong that they just start ministering to me. I like when the prophetic anointing is so strong. This one guy, he turned to me and there's like a smokestack coming out of him. It was a crazy sign and wonder. There's physical smoke coming through his body because the glory was so strong. He just started manifesting the smoke of the glory of God and a person came over and said there's no smoking inside the building oh, yeah. it's like wow they can everyone can see that <laughs> they can all see the physical manifest glory and this guy looked at me with smoke just billowing through him the smoke of the glory this was about 2011 and he said to me you know I just like to get high on God I call it token the ghost and I look at him I said is that me and that guy's body talking to myself? My spirit was just possessing this dude and talking to myself. I don't know if I don't know if it's biblical or not. It was a fun experience. And it was it was total glory, so that's free game. I guess there's no law against the joy of the Lord. That made me really happy, so it's not illegal activity. Your spirit can 
have a great influence on others. I mean, think about it. If they're possessed with a demon spirit, why not be possessed with the spirit of the bride of Christ? Don't you know? As you conquer and overcome, you're going to fill them with your spirit. You're the outpouring of God's spirit. It's you in union with God. We got to come out of this bewitchment. There's a bewitchment in Christianity that says, God's just going to do it outside apart from the believers. That's exactly the opposite of what the Bible teaches. God's going to do it inside the believers through the new covenant temples of the believers. Your spirit is born again in union with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says if anyone's joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord. Your spirit is put together in the new creature with the Holy Ghost. You can't be separated from the Holy Spirit. You're born again. It's like, if you're born again, can you just just no longer exist? That is an eternal, indestructible part of you, your spirit, when it's recreated. You are created in divine union. And you cannot be separated from God. That's what Paul says. I believe that there's nothing in heaven and earth, under the earth, angel, demon, height, depth, width, breadth, anything that can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, which means your spirit has the Holy Ghost constantly holding it together. That's where you're promising to bring in your brain into, that you are as rock solid as the Holy Ghost is in spirit and in truth in these bodies, in these temples, and you'll find that the enemy is only working through the fallen human blood. We have a blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So the blood speaks. So the doubt and the unbelief is human blood speaking from the mouth of the red dragon spewed a river, the Bible says. What's a river? The communication of hell. Where does it come from? Humanity. Just the fallen human race. All of them. So the blood of Jesus is the heavenly race, the Israel God, royal nation, royal priesthood, holy priesthood. It's a different communication of a different race of those born. You have to be born to become a race. Christianity is not a religion. It's a race of creatures. Christianity is creaturedom. That's what the Bible says, and it's like freaks people out when they actually experience it. We just crawl back behind the flesh like a blankie and a pacifier. <laughs> We need to crucify the blankie and the pacifier and face the reality of who we are in Christ. Satan's main strategy in this generation is to confuse identity. 47 different gender identifications now that they're saying is out there. People say, we don't know who I am, who I am in Christ. I'm a worker. I'm a soulish thing. I, my limitations of my natural man are put on me after I'm born again, which is bewitchment. All of that needs to burn by the preaching of the cross of the angel, preaching the eternal gospel in the mid-heavens, like it says in Revelation. There has to be a higher gospel to burn off the Adamic for the freedom of the Spirit in the glory and the abundant life. The Spirit has to be set free through the soul. The Spirit has to reign over the heart and over the brain in order to experience the freedom and abundant life that Jesus Christ purchased for us by the cross of His blood. <laughs> Amen. So the cross of His blood is peeling back in every word from God, the heart, the blood, the brain, every word from the earth, all the religion, even the good religion. I mean, sound doctrine will keep your spirit locked up because it's just the control of good teaching in the soul, but it's soulish. 
You don't need sound doctrine. You need the baptism of fire to burn your teaching out of your soul to build up your spirit by eating the bread of angels like the Bible says they ate the bread of angels. You need to learn how to eat revelation. We say revelate until you levitate right out of your heart, right out of your brain, ruling over these bodies, absent from the flesh in the presence of God. Amen. There is a holiness that separates the eternal creature from the temporal creature. You can get so high on the revelations of divine love, on the bread of heaven, by being overfed on the word of God, constantly feasting, not just the Bible, the Bible mixed with faith, that's revelatory. That's what wisdom is. It's the working of the word in the realm of the natural. It's faith that works on a practical level that pays your electric bill. That's not just some doctrine in your head that you hope that's real, but you're still trusting in your own hand to provide for yourself. That's not faith. That's unbelief. It's from a false carnal Christianity. Real Christianity is the working of the word. It's wisdom. How do you get wisdom? Proverbs 9.1. Got to kill the beast. Where's the beast? Revelation says the head and the hand. It's the human ability, the human thought life, the human brain, the human hand, natural Christianity, natural thought life, natural systems, natural cultures got to be dashed to pieces like putter until we're supernatural through and through. And there's no identification with the Adamic man or the Adamic woman. Only the identification with Christ, the bride of Christ at a higher level, at a higher mental ray. A higher glory is a higher thought life. My thoughts are higher than your thought life, says the Lord. Shabba. <laughs> glory. A lot of wine up here. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So that means you got to get high in his thoughts. There's no high like the most high. What's God thinking? Good things towards you. Philippians 4, 8. Keep your thoughts on things above, not on things below, which means if you're thinking God's thoughts, you're going from glory to glory, you're being lifted out of the earth into a different atmosphere. You're, the atmosphere of the air around you starts to get energized with faith, starts to get filled with angels. The higher you rise in your inner man, the more angels you'll have around your soul. The more angels around your soul, the greater the glory realm, because the angels carry the glory on their wings. That's the ministry of salvation. Ministering spirits sent to help those inheriting salvation. How are they inheriting salvation? The light of his glory. It's called the light of salvation. You're only saved by the light of the glory. The greatest deception of all time is that I'm saved by some kind of doctrine in my brain. That's false convert. I mean, demons believe in their brain and shudder. The Bible says every demon believes in Jesus. It's a carnal belief system. That kind of faith does not raise the dead. It's the faith of the spirit that burns the flesh off the spirit for the new creature to come forth in wisdom so we can be like Stephen with the glowing face. <laughs> Acts 7, he's speaking to the religious Sanhedrin. He's just a server at Wendy's. <laughs> He's on lunch break from his fast food job. He's not the big wigs in Jerusalem. He's just the waiter of tables, access. And he super confounded as a young man all of the 72-year-old religious experts in his day because they had all of their belief systems only in their brain. 
and he brought the spirit of wisdom and his face shone like an angel in their midst and they stoned him to death with after the demonstration of the glory of God. You still deal with that almost in every church in the USA right now. Truth anyhow. And no one's mad about it. We're just going to bring a greater angelic glory and burn up the earthly Sanhedrin. We're going to burn up earthly Christianity. It's a false witness. It's what blocks people from going into the glory is earthly Christianity is the stumbling block of knowing God. That's what the Bible says. And we're not frustrated about it. It's just the truth anyhow. And you got to use the word of God as a two-edged sword to destroy it with your mouth if you want people to come into the experience of the light of salvation. That's what we want. We want all nations to be saved in the glory. The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory is the eating of the tree of life. Your spirit can retain unlimited supernatural knowledge. Everyone's spirit is genius, even from birth. Before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you, Jeremiah says. Which means the new creature, they're the spirit, even though it's encased around an Adamic nature. Children, when they're tested before they go to Greek education in our culture, 97% test creative genius because their spirit is still alive. After age 18, graduating from high school, only 3% are creative genius systematic annihilation of the creative spirit, the creative genius of the human spirit through Greek education and it's also in Greek Christianity. Greek Christianity shuts down the spirit. So Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection of the spirit. And what's the flesh? The dead. I'm the resurrection of the spirit from the flesh that's at war against the human spirit. The restoration of all things is our spirit built up on the gospel so high that it rules over the flesh. Genesis says that I've created man in my image and I've given them dominion over the animals. God's original design was for man's spirit bearing the image of his glory, all his love shining through Adam and Eve's spirit, ruling, naming the animals, zookeeping the garden. Like the days of Noah, we are returning to the dominion over the natural realm, to zookeeping the flesh. If you read the book of Enoch, what's flesh? What's animal? What's the days of Noah? It's burying the image of Romans 1, birds, beasts, and reptiles. It's being soulish, intellectual, and reasonable. If you are carnal, you are currently image-bearing birds, beasts, and reptiles. No matter if you believe in Jesus or not. Birds, beasts, and reptiles all believe in Jesus. What matters is the cross has crucified the soul for your spirit that bears God's image to shine through your soul. And what does it look like in the realm of the natural? Joy unspeakable, full of glory, laughter, Isaac. The birthing of the promises, the birthing of the Son of God comes forth with laughter and joy. The joy of salvation. Restore the joy of our salvation. It is written. How? By getting out of your head and realizing the new covenant in your spirit. That's why we encourage everybody to lay hands on your spirit. This is the spot where the glory comes out. If you put it on your spirit, you recycle the flow. And what it does is it sanctifies your soul so your brain can realize, oh, I actually have a spirit. And I'm not just 
stuck in this body like an avatar. I'm not limited to my natural man. God has given me a new creature. But unless the new creature becomes real to the brain, you'll never operate out of it. You could hear the teaching. You could hear the best prophets on the planet tell you the truth. But until you realize your own spirit and your brain is excited about living out of your spirit, none of it's going to be working for you. You have to have your own salvation, your own temple activated, energized by your own direct revelation with your personal Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the inside of those bodies. Temples of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is your Savior. John 14, Jesus Christ in the red letter says, I will send to you another Savior. Amen? The Holy Ghost is called a Savior by the Savior. Not just Jesus as Savior, that's not in the Bible. Also, the Holy Ghost as Savior. You need the Holy Ghost to save your souls. You need the Holy Ghost. He's the only revealer of the Bible, the only revealer of God, the only revealer of Jesus. Jesus said he will reveal everything I am to you. You know, success in this life is making the Holy Spirit your best friend. And we need to know him more. How do we know him more? By his goodness. Revelations of goodness. Goodness of God leads to repentance, which is a higher knowledge. My thoughts are higher. If you know someone, I know what you're thinking. I can finish your sentences. When you get to know people in your own relationships, you know them real well. You have to be like that with the Holy Ghost. And how do you know him more? You know his thoughts. Knowing his thoughts, his thoughts passing through your heart and your mind like a river of life is intimacy with the Lord. You can know God and the pure in heart shall see God. Those who know their God shall do great exploits. What are the great exploits? They'll become huge wine cellars of drunken glory. That's a great exploit. <laughs> they become like Holy Ghost opium dens. They can hotbox regions just as one temple. Solomon's temple was one temple. And the Bible says that the glory was so thick and the smoke of his glory was so strong in one temple that all the priests could no longer minister by reason of the cloud. And that's a type and shadow of each one of us in the new covenant. We can hot box our cities with the smoke of his glory. I've seen it in signs and wonders. Now we're going to bring forth a maturity of faith that will manifest the smoke of his glory the intoxicating grace and people whose brains are just caught in natural things through demonic teachings demonic deception when the smoke and the glory and the fire of god and the oil and the manifestations of the glory cloud come out of your spirit out of your holy place out of your innermost being flows rivers of glory and when it touches people around you it breaks off every enslaving yoke of wickedness Every lie of the enemy that's growing in the flesh burns. The Bible says he will gather all the tares and bind them in bundles to be burned. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to burn all the tares and the weeds and the goats and the foolish virgins with unquenchable fire. How many of y'all know there's weeds, tares, foolish virgin, and goats? in every believer which is the carnal part of us that's not transformed and renewed yet 
We're not the hypocrites up, up here saying they're everyone else is the goat. I'm the only sheep. No, all have perished. All have sinned and fallen short. We have all just gone all together astray, falling away from the glory, so that now it's by grace and fire alone that we share in salvation together. So that the only witness of the divine nature on earth is unconditional love towards others, knowing how much mercy has been shown us so we show others mercy. Long-suffering. I mean, can you imagine God the Father's long-suffering 6,000 years of dealing with humanity, and He still likes us. He still wants to be with us. <laughs> he loves you. And it's not just his job because he's God. He actually wants to be with you. You're his kid. And even if you don't know who you are in Christ, he knows how to father your spirit and give your brain a revelation of your spirit to perfect your life in joy and peace and love and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. He can transform your souls to heaven on earth. All you gotta do is say yes to the Word. The Word is the working of the kingdom of heaven in you, through you, and around you. I've seen this hundreds of thousands of times. People come to a place in God where they say no to the Word, then they just start fading in the glory. They start sliding down the mountain. They start backsliding. You can't get complacent, Jesus said. If you grow weary and start to fade, you remember Lot's wife. Anyone who turns back is not worthy of me, which means you have to keep growing. And the greater growth is going to cost you just stuff in your soul. A lot of times it's the good stuff. A lot of times it's your correct belief systems. A lot of times it's your good religion. It'll cost you the good parts of you. It's easy to give up the bad stuff, the stuff you don't like about yourself, but you're going to have to give up all the stuff that's good and the gifts and the things you like about yourself. You have to give up the whole soul. No one ever finds their life unless they lose it, Jesus said. What is the losing of your life? It's the giving up of all the contents of the soul, and it's not too hard. It's a reasonable sacrifice to give everything to the fire of the Holy Spirit every day. That's how your salvation gets perfected in every way. Until there's no part of your soul that's not burnt as a burnt sacrifice, as an animal sacrifice of the flesh and the soul and the blood part of you given to the Holy Ghost to have total dominion in this temple. And grace will superabound along the way as you learn the gospel and become a greater disciple of the Word of God. This stuff isn't overnight maturity. It takes time to grow a tree of life. You're the planting of the Lord in the Garden of Delight, and He's extremely patient as He engrafts you into His own maturity. And how will He cause the greater repentance? How will He lead you and woo you with love, with mercy, with forgiveness, with blessing? He didn't work hard enough for it. He didn't say the right thing, but I'm going to bless you anyway, and all of a sudden you're just melting. Oh, God's good. The revelations of His goodness are the only things that cause the spirit of His glory to increase through our souls. No one can boast before God. It's grace growing in our soul. It's revelations of the works of Christ that gets Himself inside our bodies 
and you didn't earn it. All you did was believe his sacrifice was enough to completely conquer the entire Adamic curse and your bloodlines and everything working in you, everything secret in you, and just staying confident in his love towards you, staying confident in his nature, which is staying in faith. That faith will break through even if the enemy's lying to you. Bible says in the New Covenant Revelation that Satan's going to put some of you in prison and test you for 10 days. What is that? It's getting your brain fortified in your spirit so you have no trust in the flesh. Some people, they can't get out of the flesh until they realize that it's entirely demonic. And the demonic doesn't want you to know it's demonic. They just want you to just be oblivious to, to demons, especially in first world nations. They say that's just a third world nation thing. No, it's not. It's more in first world than third world. The devil wants the powerful rich nations. He's a red dragon. He's greedy. The third world just has the open witchcraft because it's actually the weakest demons. First world has the highest ranking demons that are the most hidden. The higher the ranking demon, the more it's unknown and it's just people oblivious to being controlled by demonic powers so we need to raise the standard in the usa in europe in first world nations in the midst of the most terrible unbelief probably of all time they say the statistics right now there's the least amount of believers in jesus christ in the history of the usa i don't know if it's true or not but i, I read it on fox news <laughs> somewhat credible it preaches nice it's a good point for the sermon if it's wrong you know lord forgive me let grace abound i tried to only get my news from breitbart but i got a little fox in there too a little fox spoiling the vineyard hallelujah I like Newsmax. It's pretty. You know, I hate. I hate the news. Uh, I like the good news. It's interesting to see what the good news is doing in the news. Many prophets have said that all the newspapers and the headlines will eventually prophesy of the Great Awakening. There will be a time coming where that all the headlines will be. There's nothing. There's no crime and we don't have anything negative to report and the revival is still raging yeah <laughs> i've heard these headlines and seen visions of these headlines it's coming and it's coming through your spirit and you are on autopilot a lot of a lot of people don't understand how god has predestined foreordained their spirit and that's why you're here because god created you to be here he planned and numbered your days before you lived out any of them psalms 139 it's written he wrote everything in your book he knew you'd be sitting in that chair he knew you'd be listening to this broadcast he knew you'd be right there where you're at right now and he, he's got you completely sovereignly in control and your spirit is being developed and the development of your spirit is actually quite slow to be shared with the carnal fading part of you that you are not so the brain is the dullest part of you your spirit is the sharpest part of you the Holy Ghost doesn't feel it's necessary to share everything he's doing with your spirit with your brain because otherwise you wouldn't have any rewards for faith I have learned through experience that the brain is about 10 years behind the spirit 
that your spirit is far better off than your brain knows. Because the brain is not even you. You are not the flesh. When a person's body dies, their spirit, 21 grams, you can measure it, comes out of their body. And that's the real person, the spirit. You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And your spiritual development, the fact that you're listening to the sons of God and you're rising and getting hungry for the things of glory shows that your spirit is actually far more developed than your brain gives you credit for. And just to encourage you guys, the brain... It's not even important and it's don't even explain it to it. Just crucify it. The, the brain has never helped the body of Christ. Not once. It's never advanced the kingdom. It's never done one good work. Not one thing the brain does has any rewards. It's the lowest part of you, but in the fallen nature, it's the highest part of you. This is the serving of the curse of the fall. The brain is the serving of the curse. But if you crucify the curse, the place of the cross, at the place of the skull, you begin to serve the spirit, which is the highest part of you. And you get fully God inside mind. You start serving in spirit and in truth, getting more and more worshipful to God every day. And you rise. Your brain actually goes into your spirit, which is the resurrection. When your brain submits to the high part of you and yields to the divine intelligence, your spirit is smarter than your brain. That's why you get unctions from your spirit. Those that follow their spirit are the followers of God. Those that follow their brain are the followers of Satan. Oftentimes in the guise of Christianity, but it's not. It's Satanism. It's the occult and paganism and Jezebel pretending to be Christianity. These are fallen archangels that know how to trick believers and trick the covenant people to following the flesh. Bewitchment, Galatians 1, 3, 1 through 3, having begun in spirit trying to end in the flesh. Well, you can trust the good doctrine and the teaching. All of it needs to burn. All of it's witchcraft. We don't follow the flesh or the word of the flesh. It's all witchcraft. You burn the whole heart, the whole brain, and all the bones. That our hearts not burn within us and our brains burn within us and our bones, Jeremiah 15, are on fire in the word of God, burning up bone and marrow. The word of God separates bone and marrow, soul and spirit, and it judges the thoughts and intents of the heart with the fire of God as a sword. It's the flashing sword of the Garden of Eden. The Word of God, King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And it's advancing, it's not just guarding the Garden of Eden saying, you can't come in, he came into your spirit. It's advancing. Soon I will come and destroy whatever blockage is in your heart with the sword of my mouth, Jesus Christ, Revelation. So all that stuff is getting circumcised through the heart for the divine part of you to come out. And when your spirit comes out, you experience freedom. If your spirit is oppressed, you're in bondage. The gospel sets your spirit free from all the legalism of the flesh, all the control spirits of the flesh, all the religion of Christianity. False Christianity is the main culprit that keeps the spirit incarcerated. It has to burn. The sword of the Lord's mouth is against the bondage of Christianity. You almost need to be against Christianity. You almost need to be anti-Christianity to make it in this day because it's so corrupted in a carnal religious form. You don't need to 
have any ideas of this is what Christianity looks like, you need to get free from the forums and the boxes. The Bible says they will dash the nations to, what's the dashing of the boxes to pieces like pottery, like clay pots that need to be smashed for the sacred contents of the eternal spirit to come forth. Amen. It's like Humpty Dumpty having a great fall. And it broke the shell off of him, and on the inside it was the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light. And it just began to shine in what is right. Amen. Loosing you from all false religion. False religion is the number one killer. Religion is a major enemy. Religion is the main form of Babylon's confusion. All of us come out of it, and we're still overcoming it. You could be in the wine cellar, there's still overcoming religion. I see religious drunks in the glory every day. You can tell they still need to drink a lot more. There is there is bondage there. There's limitations on the glory. Just because you found the promised land doesn't mean everything's perfect. You better keep planting vineyards and keep getting drunk. Days of Noah, planted a vineyard, get drunk, not on alcohol, but on the glory on the seed of the word of God that produces the fruit of the vine and fruit that remains, John 15, it is written. Which means you keep sowing and reaping. Even when you discover the glory realm, it's just the beginning of the promised land encounters for your soul. Now it's like, woo, I found the promised land. I'm going into the promised land. And I'm going to build in the promised land, which is building up your spirit in the most holy faith, praying always in the Holy Spirit, never backing off from the Spirit, never getting into carnal, soulish, strange fire. This is why when you start to get into the Spirit, into the holy place, in the true priesthood of the new covenant, you hate strange fire. No one can love the fire of God unless they hate unauthorized fire. What is strange fire? Leviticus chapter 10, sons of Aaron. <laughs> strange fire is the fire of the human heart, the fire of your own electromagnetic energy, yeah. of the energy of the battery of the flesh and the blood, the heart battery. You know you're an electric being. That electricity is what's getting burnt up. You're sacrificing your energy for his countless Bountif bountiful energy, boundless energy, resurrection, dunamis power and energy, his authority and power working in you that is setting you free from the natural man's limitations. The battery of the human heart is 72 years, maybe 120. But the spirit goes on for eternity. It's a completely different energy. And now you can renew your mind to begin to run on the eternal energy of the river of life. That's what Christianity is. And that's what gets persecuted because you're beginning to destroy the works of the devil that's still flesh and carnal, humanistic, but yet has all the New Testament scriptures. And it's just the grave pretending. It's the Antichrist. This is the generation that finds their spirit and melts down the Antichrist that you've already been captive to in carnal Christianity. Most of you are fresh out of the belly of the beast. Spit out of Jonah's whale. Onto the sand. Just real, fresh realizing the difference between flesh and spirit. The whore of Babylon, carnal Christianity, soulish Christianity, and the spirit of glory in a deeper place 
than your own physical heart. Realizing the holy place is the beginning of overcoming the world. You have to overcome your blood to overcome the world. I mean, few Christians ever have. Most of them die in the world. This is the generation predestined for ordained to overcome death. Paul says the last curse is death to be swallowed up. Swallowed is a term of when the living water rises in your spirit by being fully God inside minded like Enoch, fully God inside minded like Elijah, fully God inside minded like Moses, like everyone that overcame death in the Old Testament. How did they overcome death? They began to walk with God in their spirit. It wasn't just an external anointing. It wasn't just a carnal anointing. It was an impartation of the living God in their spirit. And if you walk with God in the spirit and it consumes the temporal realm, you can't die. God will take you. God will take you. There are many men and women in the last 2,000 years that just didn't die. God just had to take them because it wasn't the appointed time for the manifesting sons. Like Teresa of Avila, they just go dormant. And her body hasn't decomposed in 400 years in public display in Spain to this moment. Just sleeping, just taking a nap. We'll wake up and get her hand back. The infinity gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does the superpowers that'll just come right back on. You know, that's what Marvel superheroes are prophesying. It's the sons of God. It's your spirit. Your spirit's already been doing tons of stuff that your brain doesn't know about. 99% of the works of your spirit. This is why if the works of Jesus were to be written down, there is not enough books in the entire world to contain it. How many of y'all know Jesus and your spirit is doing the same stuff and your brain comprehends about 1% of what your spirit's doing? Your spirit doesn't sleep. A lot of times when you're sleeping, your spirit is out of body doing works in the angelic realm and you're dreaming about it. This isn't even something you need to be trained in. You don't need to train a lion cub how to eat a zebra. It's just hungry and begins to eat. You don't have to train a new creature in Christ to be like Christ. It's born of Christ. You have the God sperm genetics in your new creature in Christ, born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that cannot sin. So you're always practicing righteousness in your spirit, all kinds of different directions. Now you're warring against hell when you're conscious in your own brain. That's why you got to drink the new wine. The new wine is now practicing your spirit while you're conscious. It's like living in a continual trance. We were like those who dreamed when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. It's not just finances, it's the ability of the angel of the Lord. Like dreaming is trance. We're like dreaming all the time. We're continuously tranced out. That's what the wine produces, a Jesus blood trance. You drink until you're in the spirit consciously all the time and you're speaking out of the glory right through your face. You close your eyes, you see God, you can see the brightness of His glory, the brightness of His grace, the brightness of the Word of God. Wisdom builds seven pillars, it's the fire of wisdom 
that's the light of the human spirit of the working of the word of God that's crucified the temporal animal removed the mark of the beast from the forehead which is just carnal limitations of the flesh and wrote the name of Jesus the father in the new Jerusalem on their foreheads the mark of the lamb on every overcomer's mind which is the consciousness of the glory cloud who are these that fly along like clouds like doves to their nest the ones with the renewed minds what's your mind a stone a white stone when it's fully renewed with a new name written on it the name of Christ and no longer the old Adamic name no longer your last name, no longer the generational curses of your bloodline, now the river of life of the generations of the tree of life of the blood of Christ. Amen. The legacy of the book of Acts continues of those that are born of Christ's blood and the generations of his blood until the maturity of his bloodline rules the planetary system. The Bible says they will only do it angelically. We've been looking for deliverance in the realm of the natural, just like the first coming. Are you going to set us free from Rome? Are you going to set us free from the Pharisees? Are you going to establish the Messianic kingdom now? Jesus didn't even respond to that because they ha did not have the ability to comprehend the wisdom of the Father to set up a spiritual kingdom inside the human spirit, superseding the soul and the flesh. But now we've grown in wisdom 2,000 years where the human spirit, the believer's spirit, the bride spirit is matured to standing on the moon, ruling with 12 stars on her crown, clothed in the sun, reigning the glory of God from the skyline, clothing the planetary system of glory. She's the Lord of the earth. It's your spirit brought into full spiritual stature. What's the full spiritual stature of your spirit? Equally yoked to Jesus Christ with spiritual ability. He's not coming back for a child bride. He's coming back to the Shulamite warlord of Song of Solomon 8. That's her name. Shulamite warlord wearing combat boots, boots of burnished bronze, because she's walking on the sun. She's walking over the natural light, walking over the elements. She's melted the, all of them down under her feet, which is trampling over under serpents underfoot and stomping scorpions, which is simply natural light and natural energy in the energy and the light of the glory that far supersedes it. It's the light that created light. Let there be light. Light said, let there be light, and stars came into being. We're going back into original light, timeless light, the light of light, the God of gods, and gonna practice divinity over all flesh. How many is it gonna take? Well, the Bible says 144,000 like this will begin to practice it. That's not the final number. It's just the conclusion of 12,000 times 12,000, which is universal government of the mature ones. Universal government, 12 the number of government, 12,000 times 12,000. It's the 144,000, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000, 12,000. All of that deals with the government of the maturity of the Word of God formed in the believer's spirit. That's what will lift you up out of the flesh, out of the body, to rule as mature spirit beings, just like the principalities have. How did the principality rule Babylon and cause all this destruction 
World War II, World War I, kill hundreds of millions of people on the planet with fallen angel influence over man. What kind of influence can you have as a Holy Spirit, divine spirit in the flesh, over the flesh, dominion over the animals? Well, I tell you what, all wars will cease. World peace. Solomon had world peace in the Old Testament. We're going to have the sons of God make world peace in the New Testament. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. The white dove company. Amen. They're going to make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. They make peace because of the power of the glory that burns up all the warmongering of demon spirits influencing political people, Pentagon people, generals, and all the armies of the nations will be completely consumed. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, declares the Lord Almighty. Amen. The global harvest. It'll be a harvest of the Garden of Eden that will end violence. It'll end hatred. When you are pickled in the wine, the Lord visited the earth and intoxicated it. Intoxicate it with your wine, with your bloodline. Lord Jesus, let it rain through our hearts. Let it completely marinate all minds, all souls, all thought life. Gangsters, prostitutes, crackheads, normal people. Everyone just get totally, completely pickled in the love of Jesus. I'm going to pour out my spirit in all flesh. What is the spirit? Love. God is love. That'll be the main influencer of everyone's minds and emotions, all of their feelings. Even business owners, so you're not oppressed in your marketplace. Pray for your bosses. Amen. That the glory of God would just whack them so that you could take over marketplace. You're not going to have a ruling body of Christ without the rulership of finances and marketplace. It's not something to be avoided. 11 out of 12 sons, those were business tribes. We have this Gnostic thing that the natural realm bad and the spirit realm good, but God did not forsake the natural realm. If he had forsaken the natural realm, you wouldn't need prophets or teachers. Just evangelists and assassins. One to get you saved, another one to blow your head off so you go to heaven. But he gave you prophets and apostles, special messengers, consecrated messengers, to build up your spirit to conquer the natural realm. Amen. To conquer the financial realm, the educational realm, the seven mountain realm must be conquered by the mountain of the Lord rising as chief of all the mountains in the last days. It's the ability of the glorified soul in the excellence of the children of God going through the marketplace. Marketplace revival is the main thing that will transform the nations. Not just going to church and having great glory meetings in church, being out in public, practicing the glory, speaking wisdom because that's all that's in you, and just spreading the fire through everyone and burning up the works of the devil in the economic places. Amen. Consecrate to the Lord all the places of money making. It's important. Otherwise, the messianic kingdom cannot conquer the seven mountains. It's true. You need to take over the money realm. And the Holy Ghost will do it. A lot of people don't have ideas about it, but listen, you don't need to focus on money. It's not about idolatry. It's about the conquering of the natural realm. All the silver and gold belong to the Holy Spirit is written, which means the ability to buy and sell and trade the sea of glass is a place of justice scales in business. 
You will not find someone skilled in their business working in low places but before kings. Proverbs says it'll be the excellence in business, the excellence in skill in the marketplace, and whatever you're good at, what you're interested in, go after it. God has anointed you to conquer the marketplace. Amen. That is just as important as full-time ministry. We have this idolatry of full-time ministry. It is deception. You're a full-time minister because you're a full-time new creature. Your new creature can only minister fire. It needs to go where God has created you to be, and it's the passions of your spirit. A lot of times the religious spirit come in and you just have these fantasy delusional ideas of how you fulfill your destiny and it's religious and we shut our destinies down because it has to be fulfilled a certain way or how the prophecy gets fulfilled has to be within a certain way burn it all out of you get all the images out of your mind all the delusion all the expectations and let the fire just burn free and wild and you will see increase and you're not going to be picky on how it manifests because the natural realm will melt in the presence of his fire the mountain shall melt like wax by the presence of the Lord it is written, which is the melting down of the forms that God brings about the promises. God will bring about promises that will just totally break the strongholds of religious ideas in your mind. He just wants the fire to break out and melt down the boxes. The ideas we have of how God works in our lives, let them all burn. There is freedom in the fire for God to just burn in all directions. It's for freedom He sets you free so you can walk in all directions in the fire. This is the fulfillment of your destiny. Paths of fire. Fire through the heavens. Fire through your hearts. Fire through your veins and arteries. Fire outpouring through your streets. Fire in the Gulf streams. Fire in the air streams. Fire connecting the stars. New heavens fire. New earth fire. And fire will restore the whole universe to original design. That's why he makes his ministers flames of fire. But you have to take the fire in the places of your assigned destiny. It's doing the will of God, and the will of God is an ever-increasing fire, and the fire will begin to control your temple. Remember the fire, seven blazing torches before his throne. It's the seven spirits of God that control the water courses, but it's living water. It's not like the water in the realm of the natural. It's fire. Living water is the fire of God. <laughs> it's a baptism of glory. It's glory fire. It's Shekinah water. Shekinah water is so different than natural water. That's what will direct the water courses of your life. And you get fully controlled and possessed by the fire of God as you eat right for your blood type and have heavenly delight. Get out of earth blight and heavenly flight in the fire. And you go higher in the fire. And that's where everything will open up for you. Your promised land is perfected fire in all directions. The wedding garments of the bride of Christ, the clothing is the clothing of the Shekinah fire. That everywhere she goes, she moves in the fire of God. The fire is what sanctifies, purifies. The fire is what raises you from the dead. The fire is what heals every sickness and disease. The fire is what burns out the lies in people's flesh and souls. Fire is what the angels use to bind up all the bad fruit and bad seeds and bad words growing in your soul and burn them in fire. Jesus Christ said my whole mission was to bring fire. Oh, how I wish it was already kindled. It's kindled. It's burning. What is this fire? It's the word in our spirit. 
And the more word we have in our spirit, the brighter the fire. You know where fire comes from? Stars. Second Peter 1.19, until the morning star rises in your heart, which is the outpouring of fire, and day dawns, which is the true light of the fire of the throne of the Lamb, rising in your heart. How? By the prophetic word, the living word, the word mixed with spirit, the word acted upon by the sacrifice of flesh, which is often the convenience and the opinions and all the reasoning and intellectualism of the brain. That's what really wars against the fire. That's what puts out the fire. If you work out of the flesh, your fire goes out. You gotta rekindle the fire, stir up the fire and the prophetic anointing in your spirit and let it burn up everything in your heart, everything in your brain, everything in your bones, everything in your city. And it'll be clear, visions in the mind are from the fire of God hitting your brain. You'll see visions. Old men dream dreams, young men see visions. It is written, when I pour out my fire on all flesh with laughing tongues of fire resting on everyone's brains. We are here to baptize the nations in fire. We've had the baptism of the Spirit. This revival is not the baptism of the Spirit. That's 2,000 year old Pentecostal revelation. This revival is the baptism of the fire of God, which is the baptism of glory. This is what produces the promised land. This is what brings about world peace, shutting down hospitals. You're not going to need to go into every hospital. You just need to rest over the skyline, pour your angelic nature down through the earth below, and terraform the earth like gods. Have I not said you are gods? And you're not going to perish like men because you have the revelation of the God of gods. You're not little Elohims. You're not little G's. If you got a little G in you, cast it out. You got a big G in you. God the Father in you. The Father in me that does the works. This is not based on our ability. It's the ability of the Father. They had a problem with Jesus, but Jesus said, I'm not even doing any of this. I've yielded my body to God the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Aren't you supposed to be the Jews? Don't you have his word? And he was shocked at the unbelief. How the traditions of men have nullified the power of the word that they didn't even know the God of Israel anymore. And so now we're going to know the God of Christianity. You're going to be surprised. A lot of people do not know the God of the New Testament. And it's not just the Baptists and the Sensationists. A lot of the Pentecostals have used the gifts up here in the mental ray and don't even know the glory at all. You did healings, you did signs and wonders and miracles, but you didn't know me, Jesus Christ said. We're going to really know him and then just burn everyone up with the knowledge of the fire of his glory. So our main mission is not in miracles, signs, wonders, healings, the giftings, the Pentecostal stuff. That's not our mission. That stuff's already been done by all the people that came before you. And we're building upon all the generations of believers before us. Our job is to bring the fire, the baptism of fire. The gifts will perish, the gifts will end, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, the way of love. And what is love? Song of Solomon 8, fire. It's the way of fire. It's the baptism of God's glory. Revelations of divine lover, what caused you to grow in the glory from glory to glory in a greater love, which is a greater patience towards the animals. The evidence of someone in the baptism of fire. 
They love more. Irritated less. Offended way less. And just blessed and never stressed. In the test of the fire. Flying higher. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory. Mm-hmm. That's a blissful fire. Well, it feels like a new beginnings in America. There's some major breakthrough. Thank you, Father, for the revelations of what you're doing in this day. Your will shared with people who are believing your word. Just thank you, Father, for all the works that you're doing amongst all the believers, maturing them, growing them right where they're at. Every single precious member of the body of Christ be blessed with the grace of the Lord Jesus in their spirit and a cleansing fire upon their brain and their heart that they may continue to grow through their soul and through their flesh as a spirit inside that soul and as a spirit inside that flesh. Let their spirits continue to grow all over the world. Every believer's spirit be enriched with grace. Last words of the New Testament, Revelation 22, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.